This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. The Torah tells us that after Yosef revealed to his brothers that he was Yosef, and they all went back to Eretz Kenan, Yehuda told his father Yosef was still alive. And then one of the first things Yaakov does is he sends Yehuda down to Mitzrayim before anyone else, ahead of the family. It says in the Torah that Yaakov Avinu sent Yehuda ahead of everyone. And our rabbis tell us why he was there. He was sent to start the first yeshiva in order to be able to make, the, make for the opportunity and the ability to teach Torah. Yehuda's mission was to open yeshiva. Why did he have to go before everyone else got there? We learn from here exactly how a Jewish community gets set up. The first priority of any Jewish community is Torah education. Why? Why is that so important? Why is it most important that the first thing you do in a Jewish community when you set up a shechuna, a neighborhood, is to build a yeshiva? Because without a yeshiva, without Torah, we're not a nation. Without it, we cease to exist. So the yeshiva is what keeps us alive. And the yeshiva must be the first thing that we build when we open a new neighborhood. And so I'd like to share an incredible story with you about a yeshiva that we all know about, the Mir Yeshiva. The Mir Yeshiva was started in 1817. It has students from all over the world. And as we know, when the Nazis, Imah Shemam, came to overthrow Europe, the Mir Yeshiva ran away to Shanghai. They were located in Lithuania, which was an area that had been taken over by Russia. In 1940, all the countries that had embassies in Lithuania, closed their embassies. Look what happens. When everyone was closing and running away because of the war, one country decides to open an embassy in the middle of the war. That was the Japanese, who never had an embassy before in Lithuania. They decided to open an embassy while everyone else closed their embassy. That's very bizarre. The idea was born to take the yeshiva and move it to Shanghai. But how do you get everyone out of Lithuania? You need visas. The Japanese ambassador took pity on the Jews. He had Rachmanis on them. Every day, this Malach stamped visas. He stamped hundreds of passports against the wishes of his government who told him, don't do it. He did it anyway. And he didn't even speak Yiddish. He didn't even know how to talk to them. So how did the Jews communicate with him? Listen to this nest, this miracle. The man's name was Sempo Sugihara. He was the Japanese ambassador to Lithuania. He had a secretary who worked for him, a man. He was a German man named Wolfgang Gutsch. This man loved Hitler. He spoke Lithuanian, Yiddish, and Russian. And he was put there by Hitler as a spy to keep an eye on the Japanese. This German could have easily stopped the Jews and not given them visas. Yet this German who loved Hitler processed and gave out hundreds of visas. Why? Why did this German who loved Hitler give hundreds of visas to Jews to help them escape? Because, you know why? When he lived in Germany... His neighbors were Jewish in Berlin. They always took care of him. They fed him. They gave him food. And he never forgot the kindness that the Jewish neighbors did for him. And so the guy that was sent by Hitler and the Gestapo to stop Jews from escaping was the person responsible for getting the Jews out of Gehinnam. And when Hashem wants you to learn Torah, nothing gets in the way. So the Mary Yeshiva got to Shanghai. They were able to find the building that was completely empty called Beit Aharon, built by a Jew which was exactly what they needed, the exact size, exact dimensions. Now let's talk, take a, look, a little bit of a tour of what life was like for them. What was life like in Shanghai? So Reb Chaim Shmulevitz was the Rosh Yeshiva, and he wrote a diary 
of the events of his life. Something amazing. How do you support hundreds of people that fell on the shoulders of Rav Chaim Shmulevitz? Here's how it worked. The Vaad of America, the Vaad Rabbanim, the organization of rabbis, which was there to support Jews, right, was headed by Rav Ram Kalmanowitz. He sent money via the black market to China. Shanghai was controlled by the Japanese, who were at war with the U.S., which means it was against the law to send money from America. So whenever Rav Chaim needed money in Shanghai, he would write letters to Switzerland. And the letters were then sent to America. But the letters had to be written in Hebrew in code because the Japanese spies would read his letters. And then when the letters would get to America, he would write them in a certain gematria. The Rav Kamalovitz would figure it out. And he would send money. They bribed Chinese officials to allow the money to pass and to get into Rav Chaim's hands in Shanghai. All while being watched all the time by the Japanese governor and the Japanese secret police who were known for torture. Rab Chaim Shmulevitz, the Rosh Yeshiva of the Mir Yeshiva, was arrested for questioning by the Japanese governor. As they took him to the office of the Japanese secret police, he said vidui because he thought he was going to die. Because everyone was known, it was known by everyone, that if they took you to the office of the Japanese secret police, they were going to torture you and kill you. So they would want to know the following. Please explain to us, Rabbi, where do you get money to feed 250 people? After all, they didn't have Medicaid and food stamps. He was being led up to the third floor, to the Komashli sheet of the Japanese secret police. Let me read to you in Hebrew what he wrote. Kulam yad'u mehakomashli sheet lochozrim hayim. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz wrote that everyone knew from the third floor no one came back alive. Pachad mavet nafal alai. The fear of death fell on me. Kishaliti lisham. As they took me to the third floor to have to deal with the secret police, the Japanese secret police. Panalti. As I was going to the guy, to the office of the Japanese secret police, I was praying. Amati vidui vikarati shema. I said vidui and said kriyat shema. I said ribono shalom. Imata bohirbi lekorban ani olech besimcha. If you want me to die as a korban, I'll do it. I'm willing to give my life. Aval imani hozer misham chai. But if I come out of the Japanese secret police alive. I ask of you, God, three things. One, first thing I ask of you, God. If I ever get out of this Gehenna, I never want to be responsible for raising money again for the yeshiva. It should not be my responsibility. Two, that my children should be zolcher to marry Talmudah Hachamim. That my sons should marry Talmudah Hachamim. And my daughters should marry Talmudah Hachamim. And with the grace of Hashem, a tremendous miracle took place. Rab Chaim got out alive. He was the only one that ever got out alive because when someone was taken to the Japanese secret police, he never came out alive. He came out in a bag. Rab Chaim never told us, the, uh, never revealed what was the miracle that took place. But you see here the power of Torah. Torah that we live by. As we now just celebrated the Siyum Hashas, we have to realize the incredible power of Torah. How it keeps us alive, how it nurtures us, how it allows us to survive amidst, amidst the Goyim. Have a good day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.